How do you know that you're a Christian? How do you know that you have truly been saved by grace? Today we look at 1 John chapter 2, verses 3-11, through 11, and we see three attributes that should be evidenced in the life of everyone who claims to be a Christian. I'm Noah Hooper, and this is the Taught by Grace podcast. Have you ever wondered, am I truly saved? Have you ever doubted your salvation? You know, truly most, if not all of us, have had doubts about our salvation from time to time. We face doubts from the enemy and and from our own flesh. And God recognizes that we have doubts and reveals that we can be assured of our salvation. Do you have doubts? Are you wondering if you're truly saved? Well, John and the Word of God is here to help us today. In this passage, God reveals three attributes that every Christian should possess. You can be assured of your salvation by understanding the traits that God revealed you should have as a Christian. 1 John 2, verses 3-11 through proclaims the characteristics of a true Christian. So let's read these verses, verses 3-11. through It says, And hereby we do know that we know Him, if we keep His commandments. He that saith, I know Him, and keepeth not His commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby we know we that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him all himself also so to walk, even as he walked. Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which ye have from have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which we have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past, and the true light now shineth. He that saith he is in the light, and hateth his brother, is in darkness even until now. He that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes." In the passage we just read, John speaks of three things that should be evident in the life of the one who has trusted in Christ. Now to clarify any potential misunderstandings before we dive into this, what John says should be revealed in our lives are outward pieces of evidence that reveal the inward work of salvation in your life. These things come as a result of salvation, but they cannot produce salvation. We are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. But if God has invaded your life with His grace, these are attributes that should be evident in your life. And what are these attributes? First of all, there's holding fast or being obedient to the truth in verses 3 through 5. Then we see we are to walk in Christ's likeness in verse 6, and we are to love the brethren in verses 7 through 11. If you are in Christ, these attributes will be evident in your life. Now, this isn't about perfection, but progress. God's work of making you like Jesus would be finished if you had these attributes perfectly. However, they should be evident in your life as progressing even though not yet perfect. Never lose sight of the glorious truth that God's work of making you like Jesus is a progressive work. He built the foundation at salvation and you are forever secure in Christ. Your eternity is secure in Him and now He is constructing you. He is forming you. He is making you his workmanship created in Christ Jesus and you are being formed into the darling image of his son. 
The shingles have not been placed on the roof. The paint hasn't been touched up yet, and the appliances haven't been brought in. In a phrase, you are under construction. God is making you like Jesus, and He will not stop until He's finished. But since you are under construction, you should look like it. Since you are being made into the image of Christ, you should look like it. And that is what this passage is about. This passage reveals that the life of those who have been born again are pursuing by the grace of God. You aren't going to be able to do these perfectly now, but you must and I must be progressing in this. God is working in you, but He is not finished with you. And if these traits are not being revealed in your life in any way, shape, or form, I would be concerned for the state of your soul if I were you. Those who are Christ are becoming like Christ. You will not be perfect yet, but you must be progressing in Christ's likeness. Now, assurance of your salvation should not be based on your performance. You should not say, well, I know that I'm saved because I do this or because I do this. You should say, I know that I am saved because of Jesus. But we, because we are assured of our salvation through Christ. But these things we are examining today will help us be more assured of our salvation because these should be revealed in our life. And these things are merely the fruit of a true relationship with Christ that is birthed out of faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ alone. You are not saved by works, neither are you kept by works. Rather, you are saved and kept by Jesus and He alone, but you should be having these attributes revealed in your life if you belong to Christ. But trying to have these attributes without first coming to Christ by faith is a vain and hopeless attempt. These attributes will not produce salvation, but they are produced by salvation. This is a passage that should bring us to self-examination. And there are three marks that characterize the life of one who has been redeemed. First of all, we see it in truth. It is revealed in your relationship to the truth. And verse number three says, And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Here's how you know that you know Jesus Christ. It is revealed primarily in your relationship to the truth of God's word. The word know here is a deeper meaning than to know of or know about. It speaks of having personal, intimate knowledge of someone or something. As John 17, 3 proclaims, eternal life is knowing God through Jesus Christ. We know Jesus because He has redeemed us through His blood and we have been restored unto Him. That is how we know Christ. But how do you know that you know Christ? How do you know that you are truly born again? John makes clear that we know Him and we know that we know Him if we keep His commandments. The one who is in Christ will live a life of obedience after the Word of God. To keep His commandments is to watch or carefully guard over. The true Christian recognizes the importance of God's Word and seeks to model his life after the truth of God. You know Christ, therefore you love His Word. You love His Word, therefore you seek to know His Word. And you know His Word, therefore you seek to live by His Word. This is about obedience. You, cannot, you may not live in perfect obedience, but you should be in pursuit of obedience because of what He has done for us. Not to, not to receive acceptance, but because you have acceptance in the Beloved. You should be pursuing obedience as a Christian. And you know that you know Him by your relationship to the truth of God's Word. 
He solidifies this truth by deconstructing the foundational claim of someone who claims to know Christ, but reveals in their life that they are not his. There are three claims we see in this passage, like we did when we studied about sin a couple weeks ago. He says in verse 4, He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. The first claim is about knowing Jesus, and true knowledge of Christ will lead to obedience. John says in this verse, you may say, I know Jesus, but your conduct screams, I do not know Jesus. You can claim to know Jesus, but if you are not seeking to live in obedience to the word of God, then you are a liar. There are many who claim to be a Christian, but they do not know, love, or live by the word of God. And to this claim, John proclaims that you are a liar and God's truth is not in you. It is as Jesus quipped in John, excuse me, in Luke 6:46, "Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say?" A regenerate life will seek to live in obedience to what God has said in his word. The one who has not been born again is content to live in utter disobedience. And now on the other side of the coin, the one who does keeps Christ's word, the one who does seek to live by the word of God can know that he is in Christ and God's love is perfected in him. But whoso keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him in verse 5. The love of God is brought to completion in the lives of those who have been redeemed through his blood. To perfect is to complete or accomplish something. So God's love is completely and fully demonstrated in the lives of those who are in Christ. You are the object of his love and have received his love through the salvation that Christ offers. And you know that you have received this love by your relationship to God's word. Eating from the banquet feast of God's love will cause you to feast off of and live by the truth of God's word. You will live by his word because you have been invaded by his love. Knowing God's love will cause you to keep his word. So obedience is the first attribute of a true Christian, and a Christ-like walk is the second. In verse 6 he says, He that saith that he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. The second claim is about abiding in Jesus, and abiding leads to living like Jesus. John says that if you claim an abiding relationship with Jesus, it should be revealed in the way you live. The roots of abiding in Christ are found in John 15 when Jesus said, Abide in me and I in you. In that passage, we find that abiding in Jesus occurs through the word of God and prayer. And that abiding relationship should produce a lifestyle that is Christ-like. Now this claim is very different from the last one we looked at. This time John doesn't explicitly say that if you do not walk as Jesus walked, you do not know him. Rather, he proclaimed that if you claim to abide in Christ, then you ought to walk as he did. You can say you abide in him and not walk as him, but if you make the claim, then it is your duty or obligation to pursue a life of Christ-likeness. If we say that we abide in him, then there should be motivation to seek to live as he lived, to walk as he walked, because if we are in unity, if we are in communion with Him, then that should produce a life in us that glorifies God by looking and living like Jesus. What motivation that is. Walking as Jesus walked doesn't mean you are to carry yourself in the same physical way that Jesus did. Rather, to walk is to speak of your manner of living. 
to walk as Christ walked is to model your life after His life. Your morality, thinking, holiness, speaking, and living are to be like Jesus. Simply, we are to be like Jesus in all of our being. The standard for our lifestyle is Jesus Christ. Jesus lived a perfect, righteous life by the standard of God's holiness, and this standard is found in God's Word. You know, Jesus set a high standard for our living. No. He set a higher standard. No. He set the highest standard because He is the standard. Jesus lived His life in perfect accordance to the will of God. And if you will walk as He walked, then you are called to live your life in accordance to the will of God. He alone has lived perfectly. And John says, you see the life Jesus lived. You see it in the Gospels, how perfectly, how righteous He lived. You see how He lived. That is your goal. That is your standard. That is who you are to model your life after. Think about that. It is our duty to live like Jesus. We are not to be like our favorite preacher. We're not to live as our parents or or the politicians of this world. Rather, we are to live like the one who never did wrong. How much higher of a standard is this than the one we hold ourselves to? I can model a preacher. I can model a person. But modeling Christ is much greater. It is much higher. To be like, to not be like the world is easy, but to be like Jesus is hard. It is easy not to do the things that are often characterized with worldliness, but it is hard to live with fullness of joy, love, and holiness that Jesus did. And that is our standard for living. And I can't speak for you, but I dramatically fall short every day. However, Thank God that this is about progress and not perfection. There is coming a day when we are going to look like Jesus. That is clear in the New Testament. But as we are going towards that day, we should be progressing and becoming more like Him. The attributes of true Christianity are revealed in our relationship to the truth, walking Christ's likeness, and lastly, in our love for the brethren. And before John describes the next attribute of a true Christian, the section begins with two seemingly contradictory verses. He says in verse 7, Brethren, I write no new commandment unto you, but an old commandment which, which ye have had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which ye have heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write unto you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is past and the true light now shineth. The old commandment is the one of loving the Lord with all of our heart and loving your neighbor as yourself. This is the commandment John is speaking of here and has been alluding to throughout this section of Scripture. As in Matthew 26, verses 36 through 39, when the lawyer came to Jesus and he says this in verse 36, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. This isn't a new commandment, but it has been true from the beginning. This is the summation of the entire Old Testament. Love God and love your neighbor. So he says that that it isn't a new commandment, but then says that it is a new commandment. The word new here means fresh, which contrasts the word old in the last verse, which speaks of being ancient. In other words, John says that the commandment he writes to them is both ancient and completely fresh. It is both old and new. All at the same time, that is because the truth is that love transcends time so that it can be both old and new commandment all at once. And it has a freshness because of Jesus. The commandment to love has been elevated because of the redemptive work of Jesus. 
It was true in Jesus, and now it is true in us because the darkness has passed away and the true light now shines. This commandment is fresh because it is revealed in Christ, and it is revealed in those who are in Christ. The light of the glorious gospel has pierced into the darkness of our lives, and we have been brought into the true life. The truth is that we could not fulfill this commandment prior to Christ, but now that we are in Christ, he says this is the standard we are to live by, and it is love. We can love others because his love has been given to us. So John sets the, attrib- the foundation for the final attribute, and that is love for fellow believers. He says in verse number 9, this is the last claim we see. He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even till now. until now. If you claim that you are in the light, another way of saying you are in Christ, but you hate your brother, then you're still in darkness, friend. Literally, John says that you cannot be in the light or claim to be in the light and detest your brother. This is not about liking or being annoyed by someone. For we know when you deal with people and our churches are filled with people, we're going to have problems. We are going to have difficulties. But this is about an active hatred that is boiling up inside of you. You see, we must be motivated. We must be motivated by love one for another. And it is an impossibility to be in the light and not love those whom you are in the light with. If this is true, that you do not, that you have a hatred, that you have a detesting for those who are in Christ, then you aren't in the light at all, but you are still in the darkness of your sin. John reiterates this fact in verse 11. But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whither he goeth, because that darkness hath blinded his eyes. You are still in darkness if you hate your brother. But John dives deeper into this by saying, you are living life blind as well. It is not right for one to claim to be a Christian and hate his brother in Christ. Friend, if you claim this and you do not love those who are in Christ, then you are headed for destruction. But the person who is in the light will love his brother. In verse 10, he that loveth his brother abideth in the light, and there is none occasion of stumbling in him. True love for fellow believers will flow out of a life that is in the light. Unlike the person who is blinded by their hatred and headed for destruction, this person will continue to stand firm because of love. I wonder, how is your love for other believers? Jesus said that by our love one for another, the world would know that we are His disciples. We are not known for Christ by our words only. But we are known by the demonstration of our love one to another. And there is so much more that could be said about these three attributes that we could spend months diving into them. But simply, the true Christian is characterized by these three things. Obedience to the truth, walking in Christ's likeness, and love for the brethren. Are you? Are you seeking to live life in the truth, holiness, and love? Or are you content to dwell in carnality? This is a challenge for all of us because we all need to be reminded of these traits because we all will fall short. But thank God we have an advocate who pleads our case when we do in Jesus Christ. But this is the manner that we should be living as Christians. This is the fruit of a true relationship with Christ and it all goes back to the Word of God and the greatest commandment. If you love God, you will keep His truth. Seek to walk in Christ's likeness and love the brethren. 
And there's coming a day when we will be perfect, but that day has not yet arrived. So until that day, we must be progressing in these things. We should be growing in obedience. We should be growing in Christ-likeness. We should be growing in love for one another. And if these are not growing, or if these have never grown, because I understand there are going to be times of struggle and seemingly stagnation in our Christian life, but if these have never progressed, if you are not seeking to live by the Word of God, if you are not seeking to grow in Christ-likeness and love the brethren, then I want to encourage you to examine your heart. To examine your life. You see, this should and will be evident in the lives of those who have been redeemed by His grace. And it is from these that we can see that we have been redeemed. It is not because of these that we are saved. But these things reveal that we are saved. For those who are in Christ are becoming more like Christ. Are you? Again, this isn't about perfection, but it is about progression. And as you are living your life, and as I am living my life, we should be becoming more and more like Jesus. These are the attributes of the one who has been born again. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Taught by Grace podcast.